You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Dave Ammons. All right, good morning. I'm going to tell you right now, I just think the Lord's trying to do something inside of our lives this morning, is He not? That's some good stuff right there. I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing in this world that can replace the presence of God in this world. You know, the presence of God is something that the world can't give and the world can't take away. You know, anything that you need in your life, can I just tell you, whatever you brought through these doors, there is one place in one direction. We're going to talk a little bit about this man named Jesus this morning because there's one direction that every single one of us need to look. It's to God. So whatever you came through this door, know that it can be handled because the power of the God that we serve will come through in your life and can handle energy. There's nothing that's too big or too small for him. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I'm excited to be up here with you. There's a lot of great stuff going on uh, here in the church. Uh, you, you, You saw the thing about Serve Day. So excited about that and just the way that you can get outside of these four walls. You know, one of the things that's a part of the culture here is I never want us to get too comfortable inside of these four walls. God didn't call us to stay in here. He's called us to go outside. And so the thing that I love about that is we can spread the love of Jesus all throughout our city. Do we not live in one of the greatest cities in America? Amen to that. And so I love that we get the fact that we get to serve and go out there and do that. Uh, So truly be praying about that, thinking about that, how you can participate uh, and let us know uh, what you're thinking because we want to champion everything that you guys are going to be doing um, also, we got some great stuff happening in Sea Kids and Fuel. We got some events happening this summer that know that this next generation isn't going to be sitting around this summer with their hands under their behind. They got some stuff that they're going to be chasing God, and God is going to be doing some stuff inside of them that they're going to realize something that God has a purpose and a plan for their life, and that they're called to this planet for something. They're called to this planet to make a difference, and God has a unique set of gifts and talents, oh, that's yet to be explored and tapped into. So I'm excited for those guys. It doesn't stop there. I'm excited for y'all as well. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, we got some messages this summer that are going to be coming, including the one that I'm giving this morning. This is a, a journey that I took a couple years ago that a passage of Scripture just absolutely came alive. It's never been the same, and so I'm excited to be able to give that to you. Shoot, even our campus knows that there's stuff exciting going on. How many of you guys drove in and saw a dumpster at the front entrance? Let's go, baby. Come on. You know what I'm ready for? I'm ready for everybody, all 70,000 cars that drive on Ashley Phosphate every single day for them to turn their heads to the left and say, oh, that's cathedral. I'm ready for them to know the the goodness of what happens on the inside. And I'm excited for them to know that, hey, there's even more exciting things going on inside this building than there ever will be on whatever we can plan and create on the outside of this building. Amen? Amen? So there's some exciting stuff. God's doing some amazing things. Don't stop the stories. The things that you guys are telling us and and the way that God is moving in your life, please don't stop it. I love hearing stories like Maribel's right there where you can see the goodness of God in their life, right? You can see this before and after picture of my life was some way and then all of a sudden Jesus got a hold of me and now my life is so completely different. You know, I don't know Maribel as well, but I know her two daughters a whole lot better and they're incredible. They're getting ready to launch off One's going overseas on a mission trip. The other one's getting ready to launch off and start a college career. I just love to know when God is getting a hold of people, man, you just realize what God is going to do for your life. And so I'm excited for them, uh, and I'm just excited for us. Uh, This morning, what we're going to do is I'm going to start a small two-part series 
regarding one of the most well-known pieces of scripture that history has ever known. Now, when I ask that, now we've given a lot of hints. Some of you guys know what passage of scripture I'm talking about. What's the most popular verse in this entire world? Y'all are a little confused there at first, right? Yeah? I heard a couple of them. A little John 3, 16, right? You can say a bowl. That's the most popular verse, right? That is not what we're talking about today. Okay? Now, if you had a text message come to your phone like mine did last night, you already know the answer to this question. But right behind John 3, 16 is the most powerful, one of the most popular verses. I shouldn't say verse. It's really a chapter in the entire Bible. What is it? Man, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all are all getting A's this morning. Y'all are ready? That is exactly what we're going to be talking about. Now, here's the unique thing. This part of Scripture is completely woven into our society. It's all over the place. It's in movies. It's in music. Uh, it's on your Pinterest board. It's on TV shows. I mean, shoot, even my man from my generation, Coolio, put it in the first couple lines in Gangster's Paradise. Right? We can be honest here. That's, that's what you get right here. That's what your pastor used to listen to, Top 99, Z93. Come on. I was going to church, but I was in the parking lot listening to it. All right, come on. It had Jesus in there. Don't get on to me. But Psalms 23 is written by a guy named David who was a shepherd boy himself and would later become one of the most well-known, one of the highest regarded kings, the best kings that this world has ever seen. He's the one giving us insight into this book of Psalms. And really what he's given us insight is how does God work in our life? I don't know about you, but that's something that I want to know, and I want to explore with that whole thing. Now, outside of it possibly being the most well-known psalms, here's what you have to realize and settle on the inside of you, is that it's an absolutely brilliant and powerful set of six verses that not only gives us insight into a happy life, but it also gives us the way to have a well-guided life and future. That's what we're going to explore this morning. Let me explain how I arrived at this conclusion. And then for today, like I said, this is part one. So we'll dive into the first three, the first half of what Psalms 23 gives. You see, for most of my life, Psalms 23 was a Bible verse that, for whatever the reason, got crocheted a lot and put in people's hallways. Not exactly sure why, but a lot of people also put them in their guest bathrooms. I guess that's where a lot of people read, you know? I'm not casting any shade to you, just, I just noticed it, okay? Now, later on in life, it became the verse that no matter what funeral I went to, it was just read. Psalms 23 was read at funerals. So for whatever the reason, I, don't, I haven't really ever put much thought into it, I just never put a lot of thought into this verse, and so a few years, um, um, years ago, I really kind of got interested in it. And I said, you know what? I really want to dive into this. I want to take it line by line. And I want to figure out what, what was God after? What was God trying to teach us? And so I looked at it, and it's never been the same. Now, if you were with us uh, a few months ago, we had a series that we entitled The Road to Easter. And here's what we did with that is we took a look at some pivotal moments in the last week of Jesus' life, uh, because he had some important lessons for us. They're recorded all throughout the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
Well, just like the Gospels, the Psalms really gives us a fascinating image into Jesus. Let me explain. If you look at the two chapters on both sides of Psalms 23, if my math is right, we got Psalms 22 and Psalms 24. Okay? Am I doing all right? All right, here we go. So if we look at Psalms 22, what that speaks to is the deep agony and affliction that David was going through. He was being chased by King Saul, and yes, he was very fearful for his life. He was being chased all throughout the deserts of Israel, and he didn't know what was going to happen. At any moment, he thought that his life was going to end. So yes, the entirety of that chapter does tell us of David's struggle, but what it also does is it's the foreshadowing of the coming crucifixion of Jesus. So on one end of this spectrum was Psalms 22, we get the telling of this crucifixion. Now go on the other side of Psalms 23 and we have Psalms 24. Well, as you read that, here, here's what you see. And this scripture is telling us of a victorious king reigning for all of eternity. And what you get is this is a celebration scene. Even as you read it, you may feel just joy just by just reading the words and the verbs and everything that you see inside of that. So on one side, we have this crucifixion. On the other side, we, we have us spending eternity in heaven with God forever. And in the middle of those two chapters, we have Psalms 23. So what does Psalms 23 represent? Psalm 23 represents and serves as the ultimate guide to how are we supposed to live life now and here. Right here on this earth, what are we supposed to do with the time period between crucifixion and spending eternity in heaven? Psalms 23 bridges the atrocities of what happened on the cross and the triumph of being and living the rest of eternity with the one true king that even Psalms 110 tells us that one day when all this is over, that even our enemies will be the footstool to our feet. Yes, one day we will spend eternity in heaven. That's what Psalms 24 says. But not yet. We're still here. Right? All right, I'm just checking on you. Make sure we're still alive. All right? We're here. We're now. So today, we walk in Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is the ultimate guide for us of if we're going to live life, here's, here's a roadmap. Here's what it tells us. So the crazy thing about this, as, as powerful as this scripture is, my hope is by the time we're done, you're thinking a little differently. And not this is a bad thing. Keep crocheting it. Keep putting a picture on your hallway. Just don't stop there, right? I want you to understand the power of when we live it every single day, today and every day, okay? Because here's the reality is none of us, none of us know the future. And I can say that with confidence because not a single one of you guys came up to me in the very beginning of 2020 to tell me that the entire world was going to shut down. I was living a happy life taking 45 of y'all over to Israel, okay? We barely made it out of there. Literally, as we were loading the air, our, our plane in the airport over in Israel, they were already beginning the process of shutting airports down. We didn't know the future. You don't know what the future holds for the next six months to a year. Sure, you can give me small details. Yes, there's a possibility that the, the price of one gallon of gas is going to reach double digits. Yeah, you can give me small details of little stuff like that. But you don't know what the next six months to a year has. But here is what we do know. 
that in the middle of one of the craziest, most unpredictable, tumultuous time periods in history, in the middle of all this, God is moving in huge ways. God is building his church. God is saving people's lives. And he's doing great and powerful things on this earth. Are y'all missed an opportunity? He was and still is and will always be in control. See, we got to settle this on the inside of this. And this is exactly why I love Psalms 23, because it reminds us of that reality. You know, sometimes we can get so busy in life, we forget who we serve. Here's what he's reminding us. I know who you are. In fact, I, I, know, I know what you're going through. I know where you are. And he doesn't stop there. He wants us to know that I also know exactly what you need. So, with that being said, let's dive in to see line by line what Psalms 23 has for us today. Here's the first line. Most popular line of the whole thing. You know, Psalms 23 is kind of like the Lord's Prayer. You start off real strong. Real confident. The Lord is my shepherd. And then you get a little silent towards the middle. And, you're like, and then you end back strong. Like, surely I will live good for the rest of my life. It's kind of like the Lord's Prayer. We know about it, right? We know it has something to do with the Lord's Shepherd. You know, it has something to do with green pastures or some water mixed into the whole thing. We don't, maybe not know every single word, but we know roughly what Psalms 23 says. It starts off with probably the most popular line in the whole thing that says, The Lord is my shepherd. David is telling us, hey, the Lord is my shepherd, meaning he's there all the time. He's constantly present. There's never a time period of life where he's absent. He's the kid that shows up every day to school and always gets perfect attendance every single year. That's him. That's our God, right? Let me say it this way. Good or bad, emergency or not, he's there instantly, he's there immediately, and he's there all the time. Every day, every night, every hour, every moment, God is there. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. That's the role of a shepherd. Now, isn't it intriguing to note the analogy that God uses here? Because being a shepherd wasn't really this, it wasn't exactly glorious. In reality, all throughout history, it was one of those occupations that was pretty low on the totem pole. But even in the analogies that God uses, this is so amazing because we see the truth of Scripture when Jesus told the world in Luke's gospel in the New Testament where he says, listen, I didn't come to this earth to be served, but I came to serve. And I love that about God. I love that he stooped down to be a shepherd for sheep like you and me. That's what he's communicating it says that the Lord is my shepherd. But, but don't worry about it. He's, he's your shepherd too. Come on, everybody say, he's. Y'all know better than this. Come on, everybody say, he's, he's. My, shepherd. my shepherd. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, ah, uh -uh. he's my shepherd. He's all of our shepherds, right? This is what he's trying to communicate. He's giving this image right out the gates. Hey, this, this has roots in something. He's saying you're never alone. 
But this whole thing right out of the gates, is, is, it's about a relationship. He cares deeply about you and I. Now, I can't pretend to stand up here and know what's going on in your life. Because the answer and the reality is, is I don't. Now, I can guess. Because here's what I do know. There ain't a single one of us that walked through those doors this morning without something, some kind of junk in our life. It's truth. I mean, we can pretend. We're really great at that. But there is something that is happening in our life. He desperately cares. But it, I don't know that, but I do know this. God is right beside you. And he's with you every step of the way. We got to settle that on it. It is a personal relationship that, that, that God is, is trying to communicate and he wants us to know. But he doesn't just stop there because that's really just the beginning of what he offers to us. Because the next line in the very first verse is he says this. We realize that he's our provider. Not only is he our provider, but he's our ultimate resource. It says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. That's a strong line. Anybody in here don't want something? That's what he's telling you. What kind of life? What, imagine with me. What does a life look like that you do not want? But right here, he's saying, hey, all of my resources are your resources. We serve a very generous God, and he's communicating, hey, listen, you're never going to lack anything that you need because I'm your ultimate resource. And I love this because of how powerful a line like that is. But I can also tell you it's true. With my experience and my, my personal journey and personal relationship with God, I've just had too many things happen in my life that I realized that the more I lean on him, the more he shows up in my life, the more he is that ultimate resource. And it doesn't matter whether it's the monetary things of life, right? We all have those needs. It's the world we live in. All the way to the other side of restfulness. And then you have everything in between. Every need we have, there is no need to worry. We look to God as our provider. It's our first response. Now, in order to walk into a promise like that, we need to get comfortable with not relying on our own abilities. That's tough for us because I'm looking around this room and there's some very talented, very gifted people in this room. And so it's so easy for us to begin to rely on our own gifts and talents. But we got to realize that that verse didn't say that you're the shepherd. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. You have to realize something about being a sheep. Sheep really can't even take care of themselves. In fact, without the help of a shepherd, a sheep will lack just about everything. And when you understand a statement like that, you, uh, you understand John 15, 5 a little bit more when it says this. It says, apart from me, talking about God, you can do nothing. Now, I would be afraid of a statement like that if I had to rely on you for, to you for you to meet my needs and vice versa. If you had to count on me to meet your needs, you'd be in trouble. I'm doing everything I can to supply all the needs for four boys and an amazing wife. Barely making it, all right? But I'm doing the best of my job, the best of my abilities. But here's the thing about our shepherd. He knows all of our needs, which is why we will never really be in want. The reason is because a shepherd is always thinking ahead. Uh, a shepherd is always thinking of the needs that we have. 
Where, where am I going to take the sheep to get some water? Where am I going to lead these sheep to be able to, 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 so they can graze and so they can get some food? You see, because in Israel, you've got to understand where this was written, there's not streams over every hill. There's not green pastures and grass just over everywhere. Israel is a very dry, a very arid place. In fact, you can think of most of Israel kind of like a rocky desert. There is not a lot, so a shepherd would have to know the area. It would have to know where some grass is. It would have to know where some water is so it can lead them to those and take care of the needs of the sheep. But it doesn't even just stop there because it has to know and understand where predators would be. There's a lot of different roles that we see a shepherd playing. And the more that we unpack this, the more we realize, man, the shepherd plays such a vital role in our life. Here's something that you have to understand, that you have to know. Know that you're never going to go to God and surprise him with what your need is. You're not going to come to him one day in prayer and say, you know what, Lord, I, I got this situation going on and I really need this. And him go, well, how about that? <laughs> now that, you know, Gabriel, come over here. It's one of his angels. Come over here. Can we supply that need? Is that in our, no, that's not what he's doing. What he's going to do is going to look right back at you and say, no, 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 absolutely. I, I, I know exactly what you need. In fact, I'm right, I, I got you, 100%, come on. I'm going to be right beside you every step of the way. He is our ultimate resource and our ultimate provider. That's verse 1. Verse 2 starts off with saying this. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, I'm not going to lie. This is a tough one. This is a very tough one for people, um, and, and especially the world that we live in today, because what that verse signifies is it signifies the rest that God has for every single one of us. But you've got to notice something very important, one of the key words in this verse, and it's a word that really doesn't sit well with us. It's the second word in this verse. But it says, he makes he makes me lie down. Now, I don't know if you've really thought about that. Have you ever thought about that there's things in life that God makes you and I do? Now, we live in a society and a culture that says, uh-uh, you ain't making me do nothing. I am my own boss. Don't you dare touch me, right? That's what we live in. That's, a, that's our kind of condition, right? But isn't it interesting around this whole concept of rest? Not only does he know how important it is for us, but he also knows that he's going to have to make us do it. It's like he already knew that we were going to stink at it in advance, right? You see, as humans, we love to give every excuse of why we can't rest. Come up with a lot of different things. Oh, man, I got such a busy work week, it's ridiculous. I, there's no way. Oh, my goodness, dude, I'm so behind. Dave, if you understood how much was on my plate, man, I'm so behind. There's no way. I, I've got to get caught up somehow, Right? There, 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 there's, I love this excuse. You ever heard people, oh, if I'm not there, it's going to fall apart. Yeah, that, that building cannot hold it. I know it does it at nighttime, but if I don't show up in the daytime, it is literally going to fall apart, right? How about culture screams this, this whole YOLO lifestyle, right? Oh, you don't need to rest. No, you don't need to rest. You're only going to live once. You need to live. You need to take it to the fullest. Live your life. 
How about ever since smartphones came onto the scene, and, we, and you can see this, so many documentaries talk about it, but people literally can't go without three to five seconds without tapping their phone just to see what's going on next. It's like we live in this, and I'm not making fun of it, it's just, it's our reality. It's like we live in this anti-rest society. But clearly, here, here's what God is saying. He's saying, all the excuses, I hear all the reason, but God says, I want you to rest. I need you to rest. You know, it's probably the very reason why he created the Sabbath principle. On the seventh day, what did God do? On the seventh day of the week, what are we supposed to do? On the seventh year, what is land supposed to do? Y'all are getting the drift. But see, this is one of the exact reasons why we resemble sheep so much. Because in this regard, it is so incredibly hard for us to rest. We're just not that good at it. In fact, let me, let me show you what we look like. I have an example. Really, honestly, it's a mirror of sorts. But I really kind of want to just give you a visual of what we look like in life. Go ahead, uh, team. Let's, let's bring the example out. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. How's she doing this morning? Is she doing good? Do I need to hold it? Yeah, come here, girl. We got a name yet? I forget. Lucy. Everybody say hi, Lucy. My goodness. Isn't she sweet? Yep. That's, uh, that's sheep for amen. She already gave her the whole speech. All right, so uh, this is you. Jesus came up with the example. I didn't. Y'all didn't know y'all were going to come to church this morning to see your twin. But if y'all were to come up here, if y'all were able to come up here and take a picture, it'd be striking the resemblance. Here's the interesting thing about a sheep. Sheep aren't good at resting either. And there's actually four areas that they have discovered. Uh-huh. See, she agrees. She knows. She knows what I'm getting ready to say. There's four areas that they just discovered that if a sheep is not free from these areas, a sheep will never be able to rest. One of the first areas that we see is that a sheep has to be free from fear. Now, that comes at no surprise. Sheep are pretty timid. They've got to be free from fear if they're ever expected to lay down and take a rest. One of the second things they have to be free from is they have to be free from friction. These are herd mentality animals. And so there can't be any friction within the group. Okay? The third thing they have to be free from is they have to be free um, from all different kinds of pests. They can't be tormented by ticks and fleas. And I mean, think about you. That's the reason we don't like to go camping, because mosquitoes get all over us, right? It's hard to rest. And the fourth and final thing that they have to be free from, I know, baby, there we go, is, is that they have to be free from hunger. Now, I can identify with that. I do not like going to bed hungry. All I think about is every wrong decision I should make in the pantry, Okay. It's hard to sleep. And so I imagine this morning, there's going to be no way that I can get her to lie down this morning. This is a brand new area. She's not going to be able to do that. But if they're free from all of those four things, she'll be able to lay down. And so what happens sometimes is a shepherd will have to force a sheep to lay down. Okay. Now this sheep is starting to get very heavy. So I'm going to see what she does when I put her down a little bit, okay? Y'all ready for this? Here we go, baby. Okay, okay. Okay, here we go. There we go. Yeah, tell them. 
See, sometimes what a shepherd will have to do is what they call breaking her legs. Now, I'm not going to do it, I promise. And it's not a harmful thing. It's just the name of what happens. And what they will have to do is a shepherd will notice that a sheep is not lying down. Now, this can be dangerous long term because if a sheep does not sit, it'll stop the digestion process. We'll end up having all kinds of different problems. And if it's not taken care of, the sheep will actually end up dying. And so what a shepherd will do is every morning it will come out and make sure that the sheep is doing what they're doing. They'll count. You know, sometimes they call it being cast down. Sometimes these sheep will fall over for no reason. They don't even know why. I'm talking about you. I know. Here we go. But sometimes a shepherd will have to come up and actually place them back on their feet. Because if they stay down, then it will also mess up their digestion process. Gas will fill them. Um, predators will come take advantage of, of a land that is just completely vulnerable. Uh-huh. Tell them. Yeah, here we go. But this is exactly what a shepherd does. Do you all see what I'm trying to do here? I'm trying my best. You can tell this is nerve-wracking for this. And I'm trying my best. And isn't it great that we serve a God that does infinitely better than what I can do this morning? But this is exactly the relationship that God wants to see. He sees all of our needs in advance. He knows everything that we need. And that's what a great shepherd does. Yeah, tell him. Come on, y'all give old Lucy a hand here. There we go. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Thank you so much. Yeah, just pick her up. She actually did so much better this service. First service, she was like, I ain't having all this. She must like you guys. But this is exactly the relationship. Uh, and I do that on purpose. Y'all love every time we bring animals up here and every time Scripture does it, I think, well, can we have it? Let's go ahead and do it. Y'all wait till we do Noah's Ark. It's going to be incredible up here. <laughs> <clears throat> But seriously, we do. We serve a God that is, he is a great shepherd. So the last part that I want to go into for part one of Psalms 23 is verse number three. Here's what it starts off saying. It says, he restores my soul. God is still and will always be in the restoration business. Now this word restore, as we read it in the scripture, sometimes we can just kind of scoot over words like that and just not understand the real meaning of it. And we don't give it the power that it means. Like, oh, sure, the Lord will restore my soul. That's like, yeah, I'll receive it. That's great. Awesome. But here's what it means and how, what it, how it translates in Hebrew. It literally translates, he will bring back my soul. Now, interestingly enough, this is most notably displayed in another sheep story in the Bible. How many of you guys know or have heard of the parable of the lost sheep? That's where we see this displayed so beautifully because it's, he's telling us, hey, at some point, I'm going to have to leave the 99 to go after the one that is lost. I'm going to bring back the sheep, just like when you and I get lost, trying to do it in our own way, trying to do everything that the world says we can do. Hey, he says, no, 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 Dave, I'm going to go after you. I am your good shepherd, and I will bring your soul back to you. You see, we need this quality in our shepherd, desperate. We need his help to keep us on track in life, to get us unstuck. Anybody been stuck in life before? I know I have. Just trying to figure out, all right, I'm not operating at my best. God, I need you. I'm stuck. And each time we veer off, 
here he comes. Our shepherd coming to find us. Our shepherd even coming to save us. I don't know how I made it all the way through high school and college, but I think there's some other people in here that can say, Lord Jesus was with me on some nights during that time period of life. <laughs> right? He's the great shepherd. Now, I would love to say this is a sweet compliment, this whole thing about sheep. They're cute, right? Got a lot of awes from the, from the crowd here this morning. But unfortunately, as cute as they are, it's, it's, it's not a compliment. I mean, it's true. Don't get me wrong. But it's not exactly a compliment because sheep, they're just not the sharpest tools in the shed. They're really not. I mean, sheep, they're not bold like lions, right? They're, they're, they're not swift or agile or quick like an antelope, okay? They're not, they're not smart like some dogs, right? Really, the most outstanding characteristic of a sheep is honestly just how stupid they are. Really, it's their most outstanding quality that they have. I mean, when they get lost, because they will veer off, they veer off for no reason. And once they finally realize that they're away from the group, they look up and go, well, why am I here? They have no idea they did it, and they have no idea how to get back, right? So to show you just how ignorant we can be sometimes, I mean, I'm sorry, not us, sheep. Sorry for the confusion there. Take a look at this video. Oh, poor little sheep is stuck in a little crack here. Little boy trying to help him out. Here we go. Yay! Oh, we're free. Wait, up, up, there we go. There we go. Nope, that's, I actually wanted to be there. My gosh. Show, can you sh just show him one more time the sheep jumping in? Because it's just too fun to watch. Yep, see. Hit it back. I don't know why that's so fun to watch, but it just is. Are we not exactly like that? My goodness, how many times in life have we said, I am not going to do that, and we jump right back into the crack? My goodness. Told you, it wasn't the compliment, but it is true, right? It is true. But this is exactly what God does in our life. Every single time we stray off, guess who comes running after us? Every single time he goes after us. The next line actually gives us really some insight, I believe, into why he does this over and over again. Not only does he restore my soul, but he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, as it's talking about this path, he's saying, hey, I, I, he leads us down the right path for our life. What God does, and I, and I just love this, is God has a custom made Custom, have you ever had something tailored and it just, mmm, just fits nice. Like it's just, it's good. It's exactly what God does for you and I. He has a custom tailored path that is just right for you. No one else, just right for you. Now don't hear me say, it might not be the path that you want, right? But God does have a path for you and I. He leads us in the path of righteousness. Now, here's the tough part for so many people in this world. At whatever point that you and I decide to be disobedient, the point where, where we leave the flock, where we leave the shepherd, where we say, hey, you know what, I want to go on my own path. The moment that we decide to create our own path, 
you're not on the right path. Here's the problem with that. When we decide to try to do it on our own, when, when, when we don't walk on the right path that God has for us, we miss out on something so important. We miss out on the first part of this last verse that we're taking uh, apart today, which is we miss out on the restoration of our soul. Now, I, I understand that that can kind of come across as kind of a downer for some people. My wife tells me all the time I have a different view of looking at life, and I think I do have a different view of looking at this scripture. This isn't a downer to me. This actually kind of gets me excited because I think about it as the exact opposite. Listen, we're only three verses in, and I think you can begin to see how this can become the ultimate guide of how we're supposed to live life, right? But here's the question that pops in my head when I see that, which is, why do life alone? We don't, we're not created for that. So why do life alone? Do life with God. And we, when we make that decision, when we, when we say, okay, I'm going to do, doing life with God is kind of like playing a game with loaded dice. Like favor literally just follows a life with God. It's unexplainable. It's inexhaustible. You're not going to understand it a lot of times, but that's what a good shepherd does for his sheep. Isaiah actually describes this kind of life when it says this. The Lord will guide you continually. Not every once in a while, not if life is good. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. He's giving us water even when things don't look like they're going to work out. To the point that it's restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Are you beginning to see the value of, of walking close with the Lord? To me, this is kind of like my favorite verse. This is James 4.8. Draw close to God. Draw close to the shepherd. And when we do that, God does this unique little promise for us. He draws close to us. Another way to say that would be the more that we walk with God, the more that our first response is not what can I do, how can I dig myself out of this situation, but our first response is, hey, the closer that I can stay with God, the more we're going to experience this ultimate life that Psalms 23. The more we're going to experience this restorative work every single day. Jesus actually talks a little bit about this very thing in the New Testament. He's actually on a speaking tour uh, when he's going around to all of the cities uh, that, 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 of his disciples where they lived. And he tells a struggling crowd this very thing. And I think it has application to us here today. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Are you, are you tired of all the rules and regulations that life has to offer for you? Hey, I got some instruction for you. Come to me. Get, come, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. It's like Eddie said a couple weeks ago. When you stay close, to it, you're going to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live life a certain way. You're going to learn how to live life freely and lightly. You know, when we walk with him, life just becomes different. 
It's not as hard because we learn how to do it differently. We learn how to live freely and lightly. And as we walk with him on the right path, what happens is Jesus is able to work in us in a way that only he can work. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not downing this next thing. I love a vacation. Vacations are awesome. But if all I ever did was chase the next vacation to give me rest, I'm never going to get the restoration that I need if I just spent my time chasing after a relationship with Jesus. If all I did was chase the next vacation, it's, it's going to lead me. Sure, it's going to make me feel a little bit better for the, a day. But i got to chase after the one thing that, I can, that can actually bring rest into my soul. Now, don't get me wrong. If, you can, if we can have our priorities straight... Right, And we can get this thing settled inside of us that he's the one that we look to and we get this restoration from him and then we combine it with that vacation. Whew, got a recipe for some success and some super awesomeness. Okay, and all about a vacation. But what I don't want to do is I'm heading into summer and I'm thinking about all the things that I want to do for myself and for my family. I want to make sure that my priorities are straight. What do I need personally? What does my family need? How can I make sure I chase after the right thing so I don't get a false sense of reality, and at the end of the summer, I'm just as tired as when I started. Okay? You're beginning to see the power of Psalms 23, of how this can kind of play. You see, the good shepherd, he just wants that kind of life for you and I. And so here's how I want to end today's service. Here, here's what I want to do. In fact, here's what I know. Is the Lord knows exactly where you are. Lord knows exactly what you're going through. Lord knows every single need that you have. And he's closer than you think. He knows everything that you need. And here's what I sense as, as a pastor is this, is that there is no doubt that this world has been absolutely crazy for the last two years. But the thing that I sense is I just sense that there's some people in this room, and if I can tell you in advance, myself included, Okay? that you just need a fresh touch from God. It's, it's hard sometimes, but you just say, you know what, I, Dave, I just need this restorative work. I need to resurrect and get this spirit man back alive. Get this spirit woman back alive inside of me. And sometimes it's hard to put your finger on this whole thing. You're just not clicking. It's just, you're just not yourself. You know, I have some good people in my life, and you know what's interesting is most people, especially my wife, knows when I'm not myself before I do. Isn't that true sometimes, that people can call out the stuff inside of you before you even recognize it in yourself? And listen, I, I'm not saying that your life is spiraling out of control. You're just saying, listen, as crazy as this world has been, as crazy as those last few weeks, whatever your situation, I just need a touch from God. Because only He can do that restorative work into us. And this is something that, honestly, I believe that we need to get really good at. This morning and at multiple points throughout our life. And you say, Lord, I, 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 just, I just need you. Lord, I, I just I need your presence. I need you to change me. I need to do life. I need to do life with you. Lord, I just I acknowledge you as my shepherd. I believe that the Lord just wants to do that in our lives this morning. That exact, in fact. Not only do I, I, I believe it, but I came expecting that he's going to do it in your life this morning. You know, as I prayed for this service, that was the thing that kind of kept coming back inside. 
you know, I would love the opportunity to sit down and hear your story. You have an incredible story, just like Marigold's. Every one of y'all have an incredible story. And if I could sit down and listen to it, I would, I would realize, hey, man, let, I, if I can tell you anything, man, draw close to God. Because he's the very answer that you need. So if you're here this morning, you say, Dave, that, yeah, that's exactly what I need. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, although if I did, I, I would imagine that almost every per I would be shocked if every person in this room didn't raise their hand. I'm not after that. What I'm after is for you to have a personal conversation with God. A conversation that honestly reminds me of what I would think that David was doing in a field somewhere in Israel, probably leaned up against a tree as he's watching his flock, as he's pinning the words to Psalms 23. I want you to have a conversation with God. God, I, I just, yeah, maybe I'm not 100% operating the way that, I know you have a path for me, but I'm on the right path, and man, I just, I need to feel your strength. I know I, I want you to be my shepherd, but yeah, maybe I've been trying to do this thing on my own too much. Maybe I'm relying on, on, on my, my relationship. Or like Eddie said, maybe I'm relying on too much of my finances, and that kind of feels unstable. This world is always going to feel unstable. But there's one thing, there's a rock that will never be unstable and will be able to weather any storm. It's Jesus. And maybe you just need to turn to him and have a conversation with him, and you say, God, I turn back to you. God, I, I need you to be my shepherd. And I just want you to get this visual that Jesus is so pumped to do that. He's sitting up in heaven. I, I just get this picture so often that every single time we turn to God and say, God, we, I need you. I just get this picture of he is so excited. And the reason I can say that is having some boys of my own. I got my oldest on the front row right now. You know how excited I get every single time he comes to me? Every single time Baylor comes to me and says, hey, Daddy, I need you. Come to me. I'm your dad. Somehow the Lord blessed me enough to be your dad. And if I can do it, I'll move heaven and earth to give you everything that you need. Why? Because I want to be the best dad that I can be. You know why God does the things in our life? Yes, they're unexplainable. Yes, they're inexhaustible. Yes, we can't explain them, but he does them because he's a good shepherd. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing just a little bit of this song because I want to give you time to just have a personal conversation with God this morning. Maybe you need to re-up with him. I'm not sure. Maybe you're going through a struggle. In fact, I know you're going through a struggle. There's some people in this room, week has been awful. Give it to God. There's not a single struggle that he doesn't know every need that you know in advance. So let's have that conversation. And then as... As the song dies down, I'm, I just want to do a simple prayer over you as one of your pastors. And then we'll let that song kind of ring out just a little bit more for God just to kind of anchor that thing on the inside of us and to settle. Yeah, God, you, you are my shepherd. Let's sing this song. Just to the Lord turn. 
just want you to stay in this moment and exactly what God is doing in your life. And I just want you to hear the words as I pray them. You can personalize them. You can internalize them. But this is what I came believing this morning, that God is going to do a work in your life. Lord, we just love you so much. You are such an amazing shepherd. God, I thank you for being the ultimate guide in our life. Thank you for not only being a shepherd, but you are a good shepherd. You know what I need, even before I know it. You know when I'm off, you know when I'm struggling, you know when I'm not enough. Father, you know every need that I have. Father, thank you for being a good shepherd. Lord, I just ask that right now, would you begin to do a restoration in our lives? Would you work in our lives this morning? Lord, you know everybody in this room. You know, you know every struggle that came through this room. Every person online, sitting at home, driving their cars. Father, right now, I speak to their problems specifically because you know what they're going through. And it's when we're in your presence, you know our needs. Lord, we need your restoration in our life. Lord, it's so good to be in your presence. And just as I put my arms around that sheep here this morning, Lord, would you reach down from heaven? And Lord, would you put your arms around us, comforting us, letting us know that you have us. Though you may feel distant, that's just our head. That's not reality, that's not truth. You've been there the whole time. In fact, when we look behind us, it's not our footsteps, it's your footsteps who are carrying us. Father, would you bless us now? Lord, would you bless us with the power that we need to go forward? Lord, would you bless us with your anointing? Lord, would you bless us with your guidance? Lord, would you bless us with the wisdom that we need? Whatever the need is, God, whatever help we need, Father, I just ask, can our first response be that we look to you? And Father, we just ask that you just show off in just such a mighty way. We desperately need you. We desperately need a fresh touch from you this morning. Father, touch us this morning. Father, we recognize you as our shepherd. In Jesus' name.
the best life for you. He doesn't want a mediocre life for you. But yet we can't deny the fact that we live in a fallen world. All I'm simply doing is I'm encouraging with the best of my ability, there is one person that we need to turn to. He will meet not only one of your needs, not a few of your needs. He will meet every single one of your needs. He misses nothing. He anticipates everything that we need in this life. And so I bless you with the reality of that this morning. Not only do we serve a God that is our shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. That's part one, folks. Come back for part two. He's got a good word for us that I think you're going to absolutely love. Some of you got some struggles and you wonder why the enemy's doing so much. I can't wait to explain why and what God does in the middle of your enemies. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.